last Tuesday <clears throat> at our downtown clergy ministerial meeting. Everyone was chattering on Zoom about the big, big snowstorm that was a coming. Line, lines were forming at grocery stores and post offices. And that evening, our neighbor turned away from the spectacular sunset and simply harumphed, storms on its way. And I think we sometimes hear Mary's story in a similar way, as if everything about her pregnancy is inevitable, as if this is just a story about her meek submission to God. But friends, what a terrible mistake it is to hear this story in this way. Because everything that the angel Gabriel says to Mary today is still in the future tense. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. So what is needed? Who is needed? for all these verbs to become present tense. <laughs> Mary, Mary is needed. And I had the strange thought this week, what if Mary isn't the only, or isn't the first woman that Gabriel hat in hand has visited? Our first big reveal today is that love always invites and never forces or coerces us. Love always invites and never forces or coerces us. God is inviting, not compelling, this young village woman to take her special role in God's unfolding salvation story and the possibility that Mary will stay a big no to God is very real. Just as it is for us. And so I imagine a very long pause at the end of our story today as God tenderly and patiently waits and all of creation holds its breath for Mary's response. What will it be? And there must be great, great rejoicing when she finally gives her beautiful yes to God. Here I am, she says. Here I am. Make my life and my body your home. Theologian Elizabeth Johnson says Mary is a woman who has not lost her voice but found it. Her yes to God 
is not the yes of self-denial, but of the yes of co-creation, of receptivity, availability, and participation. I'm echoing Tasha here. Here is a young woman who has discovered her soul. Did you notice that, verse 47? She has discovered her soul as she makes room in her life and her body for the coming life of God. And so the word now becomes flesh in Mary's flesh. Her risky, it's risky, and her courageous, it's courageous, yes to God, makes Jesus possible. And so does our yes to God make Jesus possible. And friends, right now, what life situation are you struggling with? Right in your life right now, where your yes could make Jesus possible. Author Wendy Wright says that to believe in this Christmas story is not just to hold an opinion about it in our brains. To believe in this Christmas story is to let it transform our lives. Transformation. Because in our world of sin and sadness, in our world of injustice, white supremacy, ecological ruin, raging pandemic, obscene levels of wealth, and obscene levels of poverty. God needs people who have caught Mary's revolutionary Magnificat vision of the kingdom of God, the beloved community where the lowly are being lifted up and the mighty brought down from their lonely thrones, where everyone can finally breathe and where every, every voice is valued and treasured and needed. God needs communities, faith communities, with our eyes on this prize, Mary's prize. God needs folks like Mary who are radically available and receptive and wide open who are willing to take the risks and to have the courage that love requires. Here we meet our second big reveal this morning. <laughs> As Australian theologian Sarah Blanchard says, Mary shows us that it's as we dare to conceive and to enflesh Jesus in our own bodies and in our own church 
that each of us can finally come alive and every soul can joyfully discover its worth. Let us pray. Oh, dear God, we join Mary today in saying, here we are, come on in, come on in. Come into our bodies, our homes, our relationships, our church. Cast out our fear and enter in. May your life, your dear Jesus, be born in us. Be born in us today. Amen.